of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. Welcome into the Thursday edition of Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik here. Jordan Nicewarner is taking a much-deserved uh, vacation, and I hope he's traveling safe and he's going to have a lot of fun and uh, doesn't think about this place at all while he's uh, while he's having fun with his friends uh, at an undisclosed location. Actually, I think he did disclose it. But anyway, um, I hope he's having a good time and um, that uh, he, as I said, doesn't think too much about uh, the show, which is being brought to you by Sutton and Janelle. They are your full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation, they provide legal counsel tailored to your needs. You can visit them online anytime at suttonandjanelle.com or their new historic location, downtown Martinsburg, 224 West King Street. We sure appreciate their support of local radio. So thank you to Sutton and Janelle. Jam-packed show today. A little later in the show, we're going to talk to Morgan County Sheriff Casey Borer. He just had youth camp, and I'm seeing a lot of pictures come through, a lot of um, uh, thank you posts. So sounds like it all went well. They've got some cleanup going on in Morgan County as well from those storms. So hopefully he'll give us an update there. A little later, we'll be talking to um, Jefferson County Parks and Rec. And then our own Rona Mensa will be by. She's been uh, seeing some of the plays over at CATF. Not too late to get in, but some of them are filling up. Um, And of course, as usual, very thought-provoking. So we'll be talking to her a little later on in the show. To get us started, though, this morning... uh, Berkeley County Youth Fair is just around the corner, and the president of the 75th Berkeley County Youth Fair is with us, Don Pingley, and the marketing director, Mary Beth Blair. Welcome in, ladies. Thank you. Well, we're glad to be here. I was going to say welcome to you, but gosh. <laughs> it, well, I'm in a different seat, so <laughs> yes. welcome to me in the different seat. Exactly. But, <laughs> but um, let me just ask you guys, because um, a lot of us who are kind of relatively new, uh, 30 years in, to the community... Um, you know, enjoy the youth fair, but we didn't grow up with it. So mm-hmm. did both of you, Mary Beth, were you? Oh, yes. That went around I grew up. Fair? I grew up going to the youth fair, not from an ag perspective, because I never, unfortunately, uh, never was involved in 4-H or FFA, but I enjoyed it as a community um, resident. And I mean, I have so many fond memories growing up that was the highlight of the summer, you know, was going to the fair. So Mm -hmm. all my life, you know, when it was, you know, the previous location at Martinsburg High School and that field on uh, Mm -hmm. Raleigh Street to now at the, um, it's permanent home on golf course road. I mean, just so many memories and Dawn herself was an exhibitor. So she has lots of memories. So Dawn, (laughs) what is your history with, with the youth fair? Um, I was a 4-H member in Berkeley County. I'm not Um, here. Hold on just a why am I not here? Uh, you know what? I know why. 
There we go. Now try it. <laughs> I was a 4-H member in Berkeley County, and I actually exhibited at the Berkeley County Youth Fair starting in 1979. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was the last year at the old fairgrounds, and I. Do you did... guys both remember the older? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it better where it is now at the at the fairgrounds? Oh my gosh! Oh, so yeah. much more, more space. space. More yeah, space. that's the biggest. Yeah, yeah, we've grown so much. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so Don, Don, what did you exhibit? Um, I did cooking and sewing, and I actually exhibited dairy animals. Okay, so you did it all. Uh, yes, I did. Is is there some rule that it has to be really hot when you're <laughs> exhibiting animals? What, what's up with that? I mean, it is August, <laughs> so it's August, and it's but, you know, yeah. Some some years it's really hot, and some years it's and really it's really it's nice. interesting because someone who's not, I mean, and me not growing up ag, I. The kids who exhibit are so not even like that doesn't even phase them. They're yeah. so used to no. it. They've t- they've taken care of their animals all mm-hmm. year in every kind of weather. Right. So the fair week, no matter what the weather is, they're just in there. It, it's like their glory week. They're just. I've had such an honor uh, the past couple years helping with the Berkeley County Youth Fair. It started with the virtual fair in 2020, and then I was able to continue on. But last year, just interviewing so many of the young people and just. They are some of the finest young people in our community, these exhibitors. They are just hardworking, well-mannered. They have a vision for their future. And I just, I love it. I love Youth Fair Week now in a different perspective as an adult because I see it see it in a, you know, a, a bigger picture mm-hmm. before growing up it was the carnival you know let's oh, be yeah. honest like it was like oh are you going to the fair let's meet at the fair yeah. and it was a social <laughs> event but for me now it's come full full circle I guess like now I'm seeing what the fair really the heart and soul of it is the ag uh experience and all of the um individuals all the kids who the youth in our community who are impacted in such a profound way it really does shape and mold some of our next generation leaders so we have been um really blessed to be able to bring some of the kids from ffa and 4-h yeah. in um during fair week and they talk about their experience and you know all of the work that goes on as you mentioned yeah. year-round and taking care of an animal um and picking out which you know right. animal which livestock you're going to show and, and all of that and it really does build good kids oh my gosh it does it really does so um Mm -hmm. so don it's the 75th commemoration (laughs) of the youth fair we are one of two if i understand right in the country youth fairs i don't want to say one of two i'm not exactly sure how many but there is very few um maybe two maybe three that are dedicated just to youth which is ages 9 through 21 So what happens is other fairs all over the place where you hear like, oh, it's the fair. Anyone can come in and exhibit, not Mm -hmm. just youth. So that's what sets this one apart. This one is dedicated just to youth exhibitors. Well, let's talk about the 75th. Yeah. Um, How are you guys? No pressure, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, no pressure. Um, We've come up with a couple of different things to to do new this year. one of them is on Saturday, or actually, actually, let's start with the scholarship program. Um, this year, the fair board decided to award scholarships to our youth exhibitors. Um, they have to apply for it and whatnot. Um, but on Saturday night of the fair, during our, during our opening ceremonies, those those that applied will have to answer a question, and then the winners will be announced um, who will receive the first um, scholarship program, which started with the 75th. And then we are also having a, a small reception 
with cake and tea and water. And then actually we're going to have a movie night at the, at the fairgrounds on Saturday night. So it's at the amphitheater and of course Saturdays there's no admission fee. So Mm -hmm. Everybody's welcome to come watch cars. Yeah, that's so neat. So uh, the scholarship can go toward? It's towards um, a trade school, um, four-year college, two-year college, whatever, you know, continue education. So for the 75th, do you think a lot of um, folks who grew up here and enjoyed the fair will be coming back just for nostalgia's sake? Does that happen every year anyway? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I mean, that's something that the people or the community look forward to every year. They go back to the fair because they see people they haven't seen in a Mm -hmm. year, and that's kind of like a reunion type for them. And, you know, the youth fair is all volunteer-based. Everything, every... uh, Everything that when you go and experience the youth or besides the carnival, because that's a, a business coal rides who comes in and they have their staff that they bring in. But everything is volunteer based. So some of these volunteers have literally been coming since they were children as exhibitors and then they just stay and they become volunteers. Even my parents were volunteers until they aged out, basically couldn't do it anymore. I can remember my mom working the concession stand morning from morning till night. And, and it was something they truly look forward to because like Dawn said, they see their friends, they see, um, it's just, it, it, it it's just, it's a gathering. Yeah. And so you will see that you will see it more than probably any event in this community the older generation, um, especially the farming community, come out to serve and and see their friends and experience it and see what what the younger kids have have come up with and you know. But on top of like just all of the ag exhibits, I, I always say to someone: if you go to the fair, don't just go for the carnival. Don't just go for the fair food, which there's all kinds. This is one of our biggest commercial vendor years and food vendor years, but. There and there's so much. There's live entertainment every single night, from rodeos to uh, tractor and truck pulls to demo derbies to live concerts. But also take time to get the full experience. Go around to everything. Go see the animals. Talk to the kids. Uh, just really take it all in. It's it's a lot. <laughs> so I'm gonna have Mikey Withrow on from yes. 4H uh, tomorrow. And hearing you talk about those other generations, it just feels like the fair is a big community hug mm-hmm. to the kids in, in the area, not just the presenters, the livestock kids, the FFA, mm-hmm. um, you know, presenters, the uh, the 4-H kids, but but all the kids. It's just, it seems like a good, safe, wholesome environment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. So um, I'm, I'm sure people who, who don't have that booklet yet will want to know some of the entertainment, the grandstand, the tractor pulls, all of that. Oh, so what yeah. are some of the highlights you want to let folks know about? Um, on Sat- Sunday and Monday, we're having the um, truck and tractor pulls in the evenings. On Tuesday is our rodeo. Wednesday is we are doing a Bring It Back Home concert where we are featuring three West Virginia artists. Um, one of them is local, Nathan Barges Band, and then Chris Darlington and Morgan White, and they're all, all from West Virginia. So we kind of wanted to bring it back home for the 75th. That is a really nice yeah. draw. Usually you get one performer on yeah. the bandstand. Yeah. And, and I know for a fact at least two of those I've, I've been familiar with or we've interviewed mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. and uh, really good gets. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're yeah. all very talented. And yeah. then Thursday is the mini, um, mini tractor pool and we're also doing the UTV flat drag races. Friday is just the normal flat drag races and Saturday night is the demolition derby. Which also includes the power wheels, which oh, is the kids. Wheels. They the get kids. to bring their power wheels out and <laughs> yes. do like, yeah, that's a big deal too. So, yeah. and of course, do you the have car- any, any 
you know, um, grandkids that are going to be doing that? Not old enough yet. Do it, right? <laughs> and of course, the carnival is open, starts, it will open on Monday and it'll be open Monday through Saturday so that, you know, a lot of folks will come out and just so they know it's not open Saturday or Sunday. They they transition uh, from one fair to the next. So the carnival doesn't get set up and get inspected and be they're not ready to go until Monday mm-hmm. evening. And um, the better deal is to get the wristband if you got a kid. That's that really what they push. Yeah, they push wristbands and you can buy those directly on com or and there's also a link on our app on our website directly to that a wristband you can buy by the ticket if you think oh you know it won't be in you know and they have specials I think it ranges from 25 to even 20 uh, one night I don't know if it yeah. was 15 one night I think no yeah. I think it, somewhere in that range but my gosh that's still quite a deal. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so uh, Don Pingley and Mary Beth Blair from the 75th Berkeley County Youth Fair. How can folks find that schedule and updates? And if uh, yeah. something goes on that you guys need to update the public about, where can they go? Well, we're really excited for the 75th anniversary. We launched our very own BCYF app for mobile devices. And so it's such an easy download. You can find the download on your app store. And it's so nice to have that at your fingertips, just scrolling through each day. You can use it when you're down there. It has an interactive map, shows you where everything is. So that would be my first thing is to, to encourage people get the app. If they don't want to do that, our social media, Facebook and uh, Instagram have the schedule. Our website, berkeleycountyyouthfair.org has the uh, uh, has the complete schedule. So lots of places to find that with the daily schedule. Ladies, thank you so much for being in and, and happy fair week. <laughs> thank We're you. excited. All righty. Uh, more Panhandle Live after this quick break. Our guest will be Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr. You're listening to Panhandle, to Panhandle Live. Need our notes. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kabalik. Still tuned in to Panhandle Live here on WEPM and WCST and uh, apologies, uh, technical difficulties that we'll look to alleviate here in just a couple of moments. Uh, Luke Wiggs here, Marshall Kovalik, as we look to get in touch here with uh, the sheriff in just a couple of moments. Um, if you missed the conversation we had earlier on Panhandle Sports Live, it's a very busy sports day uh, across the Panhandle, of course, the great state of West Virginia. We'll have Orioles baseball coming up uh, about 1230 today, Legion baseball, which you can find at uh WVMetroNews.com. If you go over to the Panhandle Twitter page, that's at EP News Network, we will be tweeting out the link from WV Metro News as Chris George will be on the call as Berkeley Legion will play today against Morgantown Post 2 at 4 p.m. and then TBT uh, tomorrow night as well. So apologize. Don't want to monopolize the, the sports conversation here on the Panhandle News Network today. But uh, of course, that's all uh, what's going on in the great uh, sports in the Panhandle. All right. Hopefully. Sheriff, are you on with us? All right. If Sheriff was listening, call back because I I couldn't get him through the through the board. Hopefully, 
you will call back. A little something every day. All, yep. all the all the technical uh, technicalities of radio. It really is. It's kind of like uh, when you when you um, you know have your your desk at work, and then someone has to borrow it, and then all of the things are moved around. Yeah, and, and every board's different. Every radio station has a different board and a different way of doing things. And right. There's always about 15 things that could go wrong, you know. Add to that the um, unfortunately we had that power outage, so a lot of things got. Um, Got moved around, you know, as far as far as the board with the with the power outage, but um, I know Sheriff Casey Bohr was was going to be on and, and talk to us about um, his youth camp that had happened. If, uh, hopefully, he'll be able to to call us back so we can get a um, you know his his thoughts on that. I know there are some great uh, pictures and some gratitude posts uh, that he's been posting about you know the the time out there. They do this uh, camp every year. It was a big. Um, um, he said it was one of his goals whenever he was uh, elected that he, um, you know, start this camp. And in conjunction with Cacapin State Park, they do this. They only had they could only have room for about 60 to make it, you know, still a quality um, camp. But the great thing about Morgan County in general is that, um, you know, they su- they support their kiddos. And let's see if this is our, our uh, sheriff bore. Good morning, Sheriff. Are you with us? Uh, yeah, you guys need to pay your phone bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear your your voice. Thank you so much. So let's get right to it. Um, you you had your youth camp. It sounds like it was pretty successful. Let's let's talk about that. Oh my, we just had still kind of on a high from it. We had such a blessed day, weather wise. The kids, the staff, all the people that put everything together. It, it just came together yesterday and you know i just it it makes me so proud of the kids the community and everybody and and a little proud myself because this was something i kind of wanted to do uh bring to the county and it's uh it's been a great thing we we really love it the kids love it and um you know we had even this economic downturn recession whatever you want to call it this year we had more people step up to the plate and donate than we've ever had any other year and that's just amazing and it takes you know a good bit of money to put this kind of thing on for the kids and um we had a fun-filled day an educational day excuse me and uh at the end of the day we send each kid home with a backpack uh stuff full of back to school supplies and this supplies and this year we were able to give each and every kid a $50 gift card towards their back-to-school experience. Wow. That's primo. That's awesome. Yes. Yes, it is. So it really is. when you talk about all the people that come together to put this on, were most of your deputies and office staff deployed in some way or another in prep or actually presenting? I know I saw a picture of one of them presenting about, um, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance and, and respect for for the flag uh, at part of the camp. So is, is it kind of like all hands on deck? We have several, you know, and, and obviously because of law enforcement, we can't have all hands on deck because somebody has to take care of the county and, and the needs but we do have several officers that uh, are involved in this we also had officers that you know donate their time they're off duty or they're on the days off and come out and i really appreciate that we have um stephanie alamong our county administrator and some of her staff help us uh, my wife jen um you know the lions club uh, 
J- uh, Jim Riffle with the 10X range here in Martinsburg, who his staff comes out and does the firearm safety and the BB gun course for the kids. And, um, oh gosh, Citizens National Bank, Roy's Service Center. I, I just posted the list of our donors and, um, you know, I encourage everybody to get a chance to take a look at that and, you know, just say thank you to those people because without them, it never happened. So I, I mentioned when we were um, doing the kind of pre, pre-up to this that uh, you guys had had the camp list at about 60. Were you able to accommodate most of the kids who were interested in coming this year? Actually, uh, unfortunately, we had... I'm just coming off of COVID, so I'm still having... Oh, no. Residuals. Hope you feel oh, better. Oh, uh, it's been a two-week ordeal, let me tell you. Um 68 applicants so we really had to turn down eight kids um so we were very sad about that uh, you know but we can only accommodate 60 reasonably so uh hopefully those kids will be able to get in next year and um you know it obviously it's a fun day to spend you know out doing something interesting but um some of these kids it it could be life-changing because they see the love of their community. They see law enforcement sometimes in a different light than they might at home otherwise. It, it is. You know, we do have some kids that are um, uh, possibly more needy than other kids when it comes to uh, certain resources. So we're, you know, happy about helping them. But um, a lot of these kids, you know, we'll see. And you know, I may not remember them till they come up and introduce themselves, but you see them out in the community and, you know, they're hollering, hey, sheriff or hey, lieutenant or whatever. And, you know, they kind of become our kids and it makes us more approachable. And, you know, that's something that you always want to have with children, that they know that they can approach uh, authority figures for help or advice or things in times of need. So it kind of bridges some of that that gap Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr is with us. He's talking about youth camp that uh, his office did in conjunction with Kikapin State Park. Sounds like it all went swimmingly. One of the uh, the things I wanted to ask you about before I have to let you go, obviously we had some storms blow through over the weekend. Uh, there were a surprising amount of power outages, and I saw downed trees over at the state park in Berkeley Springs. How are things going with recovery and cleanup efforts in the county? I assume, well, that's not really something that, you know, we're um, tacitly involved in, per se. You know, I know we have no road closures. I know the DOH and a lot of folks, even a lot of citizens go out and they jump in and cut trees and do things and get them out of the roadways. Uh, You know, Potomac Edison, those guys, when these sort of things happen, you know, they're like 24-7 out in the weather and things trying to restore power and you know, monitoring it through the uh, Jason Hoover and Office of Emergency Services. I think everybody pulled together as well as possible. Um, I think everybody's power is restored and everything's cleaned up now until the next storm. <laughs> right. Anything else you want to let the listeners know about before we have to let you go? No, you know, it's just, once again, we're midway through summer. Um, one thing we need to keep in our minds, and we'll try to do a campaign soon, it's not that 
long until the kids go back to school and we really need to think about school bus safety and pedestrian safety and you know getting those kids off to a safe uh positive uh, school year for 22-23 so uh you know once you start seeing those yellow buses be a little more cautious take a little more time and be a little more safe because uh those lives are so important to us Sheriff Casey Bohr rallied just in time for youth camp, and I hope you're uh, on the mend and, and feeling well, and uh, it, it's another great youth camp in the books, right? It is, and you know, we start this about January. We start me- monthly meetings and and prep for this, and um, we've kind of got it down to a science. There's a little bit of a uh, every year we try to see what we did well and what we can improve upon, but we've kind of got this down to uh, to a mechanism now, and you know, again, I can't thank all the people that come together to make this happen for the kids. Good stuff. Morgan County Sheriff Casey Bohr, thanks for being on with us, and thanks for being patient. Oh, you're welcome. Have a good day, guys. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks. Take care. More Panhandle Live after this quick break. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into Panhandle Live. Marsha Kavalik here. Jordan Ice Warner is on vacation and joining me via phone uh, from Jefferson County Parks and Rec, Jennifer Myers. Welcome in. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for being on and thank you for being patient. Uh, you had to sit through a lot of news <laughs> just now. Not a problem. I, I appreciate your all's flexibility this morning. Well, um, so it's a huge uh, next four days for you guys, especially for the AMP at San Michael's Park. I'll let you take it away and, and give us the schedule. Yeah, we, um, we're we kind of winding down here at the amphitheater um, with all of the events we've had this summer. And we've got um, the Levitt, um, Shenandoah Junction Music Levitt Series um, continuing tonight with Tall Tall Trees that will be out here. Um, it's a free concert to the um, to everyone that comes out. Um, and I think he is going to have a great show this evening. Um, so we're excited about that. And we've got, of course, it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful evening. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be beautiful. Um, we've got, you know, um, some ice cream and um, Taste of Grease will be here with a food truck um, and some shaved ice as well. So we hope people come out to that. Um, and then tomorrow night we are ending um, Parks and Recreation Month with a movie in the park. Um, We have Luca that's going to be showing um, on the AMP stage, and that is a free movie, again, to everyone, Um, and that is sponsored by the Harpers Ferry um, Bolivar Library. So we're excited about that. And, again, we've got some great um, great food trucks that will be here to help cool kids kids down. Um, And then Saturday night um, is a um, concert by the Reagan Years. So they will be here. Um, we That is not a free event. So that we have tickets on sale um, for that event. And it's their $15 in advance and $20 at the gate. Um, but it's looking like Saturday is going to be a great night to be out in the park um, and enjoy that concert. And the Reagan year is pretty popular regionally and along the East Coast. And so that, that may be one that you do want to make sure that you get tickets in advance if you can at all and that'll be more of an event not only are folks paying to get in but also you guys are going to have uh some food trucks we are we're going to have food trucks here for that um i think these donuts is here we've got um a kiwi shaved ice for that event as well um and we will have a beer tent so i know that was um, everyone likes to come out and kind of kick back and enjoy their saturday evening so we will have a beer tent open for that event as well and what time does the gate open on saturday so gates will open at 6.30, 
um, and the concert will start about 7.30. So I've, I've been hearing uh, Jefferson County Parks and Rec uh, talked about in, in recent uh, weeks, and one of the things, that we, we were talking to Jefferson County Sheriff Tom Hansen yesterday, and uh, he said, you guys are bringing your, your uh, is it a, a mobile gym out to, uh, to uh, the, the national night out that they're having August 2nd? Yeah, we have a um, mobile recreation van that we take around the county, and um, we are excited to be there for um, with the sheriff's department for their event next next Tuesday, I believe. Um, we'll have mini golf and archery and some other fun activities for kids to play. That is awesome, and I, you know, I know he's he's talking about it as you know, this is a great time for kids to come and and see that law enforcement isn't you know as scary as as sometimes they're led to believe. They get to crawl through cruisers and all of that, and having parks and rec there just adds that extra element of fun. Yeah, we um, you know, we rely on the sheriff's department and all the local police departments, um, you know, a lot with all the events and activities that we do, and we are um, we're excited to be out there and support them. Um, you know, and provide provide activities for kids. That's what we're we're all about. So we we love being a part of community events like that. Jennifer Myers is with us from the Jefferson County Parks and Rec. And I wanted to ask you um, before I have to let you go, what are uh, some of the upcoming uh, rec leagues that are happening through Parks and Rec, or some of the uh, any day camps or or um, learning sessions, anything like that that you want to let folks know about? So we still have um, a couple of weeks of summer camps left. Um, a lot of our camps are filling up, but we do have a few spaces. Um, we've got, you know, our San Michael's Day Camp that runs all day. Um, we've got some great coding classes and Minecraft classes. Um, we've got, you know, basketball, soccer, all of that kind of stuff coming up. Um, and, of course, we are approaching the fall season. So um, we're, we're working on our fall program guide. And are pretty excited about some of the, the new things that we're going to have um, starting in September. So, And all those seasonal events, they're going to start popping up here very soon. That is way cool. Can you imagine going back to school and saying, what, you know, what did you do for uh, summer? Oh, I went to Minecraft camp. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a fun, fun summer. Um, you know, it's this month, the month of July has flown by. Um, nobody kind of knows where that went. But um, we've had a lot of fun and, and a lot of kids. It's great to see the people, you know, kids back out in the parks and people utilizing, um, you know, programs again. Jennifer Myers, love having you on. Thank you for the update as always. And uh, don't be a stranger. Let me know what else is going on and, and um, you know, get on, get on the rotation so we can talk more about AMP and all the great programs that Jefferson County Parks and Rec have in store. Great. Thank you guys so much. Alrighty. Take care. Thanks. You too. Alrighty, that was Jennifer Myers from Parks and Rec over in Jefferson County. Uh, more Panhandle Live after this quick break. We're going to talk CATF from someone who's been there. Taking local stories and sharing them with the four state. This is Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back into your Thursday edition of Panhandle Live. Jordan Ice Warner's on vacation, so it's Marsha Kavalik flying solo, but really not solo because Rona Mensa is joining us from today's 97.5. Um, you know, I was just talking to Jennifer Myers from uh, Parks and Rec mm-hmm. over in Jefferson County, and, you know, they've got the AMP. 
there. Yeah, you know, the, amp, great, the, out, the Levitt Amp series. Yeah, the, the great outdoor space there. And the Reagan years are coming this Saturday. My buds. In fact, here's a little fun fact. I just was on Facebook, and uh, you probably want to put that manual, by the way. Um, oh, thanks, <laughs> um, thanks you, I got you. <laughs> uh, lead singer and founder of the band. He's actually, not lead singer, he's the uh, drummer. Cy, Cy Siler, it's his birthday today. So happy oh. birthday, Cy. He's going to be playing on his birthday. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Yeah, I just happened to notice that a couple minutes ago. Um, they've been around. They, they're they the OGs of the 80s game uh-huh. here. And uh, if you've never heard them, they're a blast. I saw them when they were at the Apple Blossom Festival back in April. And do people dress up like it's like it's, oh, yeah. uh, like it's a con, like an 80s con? Yeah. In fact, the band dresses up in 80s and um, they have... A new guy who was actually in, was it Rock of Ages? He was like touring in the show Rock of Ages. This guy has a phenomenal voice. And then the female lead, Rachel Harvey Jones, you may know her name. She's got a phenomenal voice too. And so they're all the the band members are dressed in all their 80s gear. But then in addition to that, you've also got uh, people that show up to their events who are like, you know, side ponytails uh-huh. and neon, or they're dressed like Bon Jovi with mm-hmm. you know big mullet wigs and stuff. It's a hair lot of band fun. look. Yeah, yeah. I still got a banana. I've I've got more than one Me banana too. clips. Me too. You're not alone, sister. We should totally <laughs> no, go and rock. We should that. not. Oh, I should. <laughs> I I had the um, spiral perm. Oh, did you? Mm, I did. I'll tell you what. I still have in my house <laughs> since we're gonna go there. I still have a hair crimper. Oh, yes. I still have a hair crimper that works. So you had those zigzaggy crimpers. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm, I got one of the, And then I had a bigger one, which was a wave waver, wave mm-hmm. iron. So you could get, you could put your, your ponytail on the side. You could wear the neon, you know, the crop t-shirt. My weave is already that. curly, so I don't really yeah, need either of those totally items. totally rock that. Yeah. Let me know if you need to borrow one. Great. Thank, appreciate that. So um, speaking of regional entertainment we've had the contemporary american theater festival featured prominently on panhandle live talked to some of the actors and and folks behind the scenes and you've gotten out and and seen some of the plays this season yeah i have i've seen three of the six original plays and um i don't know if people know that originally some of these plays were set to premiere in 2020 right and then of course yeah stupid covid so um (laughs) They, I think they did a really wonderful job of rebounding and they did some readings of the plays. They did an audio um, performance of mm-hmm. some of the plays. So people got a chance to get invested in the shows before they actually saw them staged. And uh, I talked to somebody who had come to see, who had heard uh, House of the Negro Insane, mm-hmm. who had, had heard it. And as a reading. As a reading. And it's so much more powerful. That's the one that I saw last night. I saw it with Liz McDonald, actually. Wow. Very um, nice. Yeah. Right the program. She, yeah. And she said, uh, she said, I just wasn't prepared. First of all, the Studio 112 is an intimate space. Right. So you're, I mean, your feet are right there on the stage. So you kind of pull your feet. I was sitting, we were sitting in front row. Oh, and boy. I remember both. I, at one point I pulled my feet back, like, I don't, <laughs> a little bit too close. Um, and the the perform every one of those actors embodied those characters and um i'm an actor so i probably get a little bit geeky about it but what i'll say is when you see an actor have a thought and it goes from the thought in their mind and you see how it changes their face and then the line that comes out it's like you can hear 
I'm trying to figure out the best way to say that. That that's that's really good acting. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying because they they are processing the material mm-hmm. and they have been directed in such a way to give credence to the words of the author of mm-hmm. the playwright. You know what I mean? And they give such wonderful performances, so impassioned. And I mean, it's a, it's a heavy play. There's some some real deep moments and. Uh, at the conclusion of House of the Negro Insane, which is about, it's about um, an insane asylum, I think in the 30s. And it was for people of color, African-Americans who were enslaved there. But there was a white guy that was in there too. So it was kind of like people that had gotten in trouble with the law as well. And that's not a subject I know a lot about. And so I learned some things about, you know, there were people there that maybe had seizures. Oh, you know what I mean? Because it, and they those, just didn't know what else to do with them. Right. And and one of the characters, without giving away too much, one of the characters, I don't know that she had any mental issues. I don't know that she had any physical ailments like that, but she was just sassy. And, or oh. maybe even not even she can't just, have that. She was <laughs> spoke her mind and uh-huh. she didn't you know want to be told what to do. And it it makes you realize that there were a lot of people who were maybe institutionalized in that way in Less those than 100 days. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. in those days for for many different things and the main character he was not he I'm trying not to give away too much. He had his issues, but um they weren't necessarily all mental. Mm-hmm. And they there were other things. And so you learn this as you go through the the show and when it's over, it is just such a magnificent performance by all of these actors and some things that you see and it's. And you you keep absorbing it. I I know every play that I've ever gone to at CATF, it has that impact because you're sitting in in the car on the way home Mm -hmm. just quietly. Absolutely. Wait a minute. What were they thinking when they, and you talk to people who also, who saw the same play but maybe saw it through a different lens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, funny. Okay. So uh, at the end of the show last night, I was like, I just have to process this. And, you know, I kind of ran into some of the people who are the the managing uh, bodies really of, cool. of the scene. Yeah. And I just sort of was like, wow. this. And then I saw the actors out of costume looking like normal people. I could have been standing next to them at the CVS. You know what I uh-huh. mean? And, wouldn't have known. and they're so incredibly different normally. That wow. I I had to say, like, and I was over there fangirling. I'm like, I just, that was, man. <laughs> That's what I said. And I thought that didn't to, make any sense. To quote myself, yes. That was <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and uh, and I said it was just phenomenal performance and all that type of thing. But any at any rate, um, I, I told every person that I talked to that I just needed to drive home and process it. And I, I did. And then I kind of got home and was like, whew. And I'm still thinking about it this morning. Finally, uh, I went to see um, Sheepdog on Sunday. And when I went on Sunday, one of the things that um, was interesting is I was sitting next to some people who had seen Whitelisted oh, as okay. well. And so they were talking about their experience with Whitelisted. I'd seen Whitelisted on Saturday, Sheepdog on Sunday. And uh, it was interesting to hear their take on it. What you were talking about, people who see it through a different mm-hmm. lens. Um, people saw the play differently. Hurt, took away a different message. And uh-huh. I, that's what I think is so wonderful about theater. It can make you have different thoughts, mm-hmm. but it, it brings something up in your mind. So you're not just um, I processing it alone. When I've talked to the actors over the years, when we've had them on, uh, it's interesting. 
you know, the direction that they get from from the directors mm-hmm. and the producers, but also, as you mentioned, what direction the script gives them and what direction the playwright gives them. And, uh, you know, to to a person, the actors have been, you know, in the in the mindset of honoring those words. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, one of the actors said to me last night, he said, you know, it's all about trust because the actors trust each other to go there to this very deep material, something Mm -hmm. that, you know, you know, I've been in plays where people are like, I don't want to say that. I don't want to say those words. And it's like, well, you have to and you have to trust that your fellow actors are professionals with you and able to accept maybe those words that perhaps you wouldn't (laughs) you wouldn't say. Right. Um, I do want to make one little point about House of the Negro Insane because um, I just found this out that CATF is announcing that that production, same actors, the entire production is going to be uh, by Terrence Anthony will be traveling next week to the National Black Theater Festival, August 1st through 6th in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So um, going on the road. Taking that show on the road, um, I, I, I suppose somebody saw it and was like, you have to come and be a part of this. So it's really wonderful that it's going to um, travel and they can, um, you know, show it, show, have his performances elsewhere. Good news for us. Uh, CATF is not over. That's right. Uh, continues on through uh, through this weekend. That's right. And you can see the schedule at CATF.org. And again, as Rona mentioned, some of these are plays that haven't been seen anywhere else. And now we'll, you know, go on to greater things, other things. Um, and uh, it's amazing to have live theater back after yeah. a difficult couple of years yeah. where they were, you know, pivoting, yeah. which is a word that we're all kind of sick of. But Exactly. Yeah. I did my first play in February after a two year hiatus of not being on stage. And it was really wonderful to get back and have that audience reaction and and engage because it's a give and take with audience and 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 that's amazing and i i'm really happy that i've seen these three plays i so wish that i had started earlier and could see all six that's the thing isn't it like yeah that, every year i'm the last minute betty i really am well you think you have time and that's you never right have enough you know time yeah. but you have time because it doesn't end today right <laughs> you still have the rest of the week so i i hope you can make it you have the rest of the month yeah, <laughs> which actually is yeah winding yeah. down. But uh, so much to do in the panhandle and the area around the Reagan years coming, of course, on Saturday, as we mentioned, CATF continuing on. And uh, Rona, thank you for your, uh, you know, firsthand account of going out there sure. and, and uh, seeing all those great actors and amazing directors and all of the things that they put into the CATF every single year. Absolutely. So uh, you've been listening to Panhandle Live more uh, tomorrow. Mikey Withrow from the Berkeley County 75th uh, Annual Berkeley County Youth Fair will be on with me tomorrow. And uh, Hoppy is up next. They'll be talking about that uh, amalgamated tax cut slash abortion session. So stay tuned. You've been listening to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. I'm going to take you out with a little Vance Joy. I realize what matters